Romans chapter 12. I know these first two verses you're going to know. Most of you can quote them by heart, but just, just reading them as context, really not to do with where we're, where we're going, but we'll start there. Romans 12 and verse number 1, if I can find it. Romans 12, almost there, there it is, I know all of you folks on your devices have been waiting on me for a few moments, but that's okay, Romans 12 and 1, in fact, let's, let's just, let's quote these first two verses together, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, But to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ. And every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. The Message Bible, verse number 4, says it this way, In this way we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of His body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Passion Translation, verse 4. In the human body, there are many parts and organs each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. Lastly, the Amplified Bible says it this way, for As in one physical body, we have many parts, organs, members, and all of these parts do not have the same function or use. So we, numerous as we are, 
are one body in Christ, the Messiah. And individually we are parts one of another. And I want you to notice the brackets here. Mutually dependent on one another. Mutually dependent on one another. Ephesians 4.25 says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And I want to go back to the Amplified and that those brackets. I want to use that as my title this evening. Mutually dependent on one another. God, I thank you for your presence in this place tonight. Your spirit that has moved into this sanctuary. During our worship, your presence and power that began to be manifested ministering and touching hearts and lives and doing things that we may not be able to see in the moment. But you have accomplished them by the working and the moving of your spirit. And so we give you thanks for that. I pray now, God, that you would continue ministering in this service. Speak to us tonight. God, I pray that you would speak to this congregation of believers that you have joined together to make up this particular part of your body. Let your word and your spirit speak and minister in this place tonight. Father, I pray tonight again, trust you for your anointing. Depend on you tonight, Lord, and acknowledge that without you I can do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I have, and I may get there in a little bit also in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is another place where Paul uses the analogy of the body. Again, as I've said so many times and do so often, I love the, the analogies that God has given us, especially in nature, to demonstrate spiritual principles and concepts. And, and Paul does that in, in these verses in Romans. He does it in 1 Corinthians, where he uses the example of the natural body to demonstrate spiritual principles of who we are. But I, I will tell you that... that I think most of the time throughout my ministry when I have used these verses in preaching and teaching, it, it oftentimes is for the focus of, of, of reminding or even convincing you that you have a purpose and a place in the body. And that's obviously very true and very important. But there is something this evening that I, I feel the Lord has directed me that it's, it's, it's a little bit different perspective than that. So we have, I, I know many of you know this, some of you may not be as familiar with it, and I'm not, I'm not going to take a whole lot of time on it. But, but we, we, we basically live with this duality of roles as, as saints, Christians, disciples, whatever other term you want to use. There are, there are two relationships that that essentially we we I think coexist in that can be summarized in the relationship of the bride of Christ 
and the relationship of the sons of God. Many of you have heard it many times. Brother Wells taught some about it at Leadership Summit earlier this year. But as individuals, when I approach God as an individual, I am approaching Him, whether you are a male or a female, you are approaching Him in the role of a son. And then when we are gathered together as a body, as a, as a group of believers, we are, we are then in the role of the bride. And I really don't think I have to take any time tonight to explain some of the differences of the significance of the roles and relationship of a son or a daughter versus that of the wife. But, but in essence, again, we, we essentially live in, in those roles de- depending on the, the, the setting that we are in. When you get up tomorrow morning and spend your time of prayer and, and hopefully reading your Bible some before you go into your day, you are doing that in the role of a son of God. There's, therefore, there's, different, there's a different dynamic to how you are approaching Him. And then again, as we gather together like this and in other settings, we, we, are, we are in that role of the bride. And, and, and really, in, in, in one context, what Paul is talking about here tonight has to do, what Paul is talking about in these verses has to do with, with that. As individuals, I, I am going to stand before God one day uh, not, and I've got to be accountable for my own actions. I've got to be accountable for, for the choices I made and the way I lived. I, I have to be accountable for whether or not I was obedient to God. I, I, I can't stand there before God with offenses and say it's their fault. I can't stand before God holding a grudge and, and say, God, you got to let me into heaven because, I mean, they mistreated me. I'm going to stand there on my own and have to give an account for how I live. But then the flip side of it is we are not getting raptured if we get raptured, those that will get raptured out of here, you are not getting raptured as an individual. You're getting raptured as a part of the body. And, 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 and I will give you a little bit of, a, of, a, of, a, of the punchline of, of what I have come tonight feeling directed of the Spirit of the Lord to minister about here tonight. And that is, I, I think that the majority of the time, we spend our focus in the dimension of that individual personal relationship. That, that it's, it's about me. It's about how I'm living. It's, a, it's about how I am Pursuing my relation, it's, it's about me, it's, it's my, this is my deal. So if I pray and pursue God and develop a relationship with God, then, then, then wonderful. But, but if I choose to really not be where I need to be, and I'm speaking of born again, but I'm, I'm speaking of Holy Ghost filled people, okay? Just clarify that, that's the context of what I'm saying. 
you know what, if I, you know, if I just feel like being a little lax these days in my walk with God and my dedication and commitment to the kingdom of God and all that that entails. And it's, you know, it's, I, I, you know, I just, I'm just kind of in a place right now. I'm, I don't know. I just don't feel all that whatever about pursuing my relationship with God. We, we see that as affecting no one. I, I don't think, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's several different uh, analogies or typologies that we find throughout Scripture that, that represent us. I mean, one of the primary ones that Jesus used in His ministry is sheep. You and I, are we, we are sheep. Paul referenced, talked to Timothy and said, you, you, you need to act like a good soldier. Suck it up. And, and so there's, there's some different ways, and, and we have to understand that, that we have to properly apply those different uh, 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 dynamics or roles. And, 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 and I don't think it's about an automatic, literal application of it in every way. And I say that because in the context of Paul saying that we are members of the body, I, I, I think he is speaking in principle, not necessarily saying that, that each one of us is an individual unique member, but that collectively God puts us together and we make up the body. Meaning, I mean, the natural body only has so many parts. If, if if there is a you know more of a literal application of this then 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 there's only two hands there's only two of you that can be a hand tonight there's only 10 of you that can be a finger only two of you can be ears I don't think that's exactly what Paul was communicating, that you need to figure out, well, am I a hand or am I, I that I'm a member of the body. And joined together in the body, I, it's not that I am one specific individual member, but that connected to other members of the body, we make up the body. And so... While again, I will stand before God and I've got to give an account for my actions. I, I've heard my wife say this in, 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 in marriage counseling sessions we've done that, that I, I am, spiritually speaking, I am the head of our household and, and that gives me a role of responsibility and authority. But she's not going to be able to stand before God one day and point fingers at me and say, I don't know that there's that that there's a that there's a matter of arguing or even trying to discuss which which one of these roles is more important. I don't I think they're equally. In some ways I don't think you can have one without the other. You can't be a member of the body of Christ if you don't have your own relationship with God. But if you have your own relationship with God, you you're a member of the body of Christ. Here's the thing I want you to, I, 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 here, here's, the, here's the, 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 the point that I feel tonight. 
as a, let me just give a quick whatever is, as many of you know, I, I started having elbow problems back in, uh, back in the early summer, basically. And so in July, I went and got what they call uh, PRP injection. Platelet, platelet rich in platelet rich plasma, I think is the. And they, they got this process where they draw your blood and they put it in a centrifuge and they do whatever to it. And then out of your blood, they take parts of that back and they inject it directly into where, wherever the, the muscle problem is. And it's supposed to generate my, my arm propped up. And now, now, mind you, I got this injection in my elbow. Right, right in the elbow, right about there. But I'm sitting there, having had this injection in my elbow, my elbow. And I go to move my fingers. Not my elbow. My elbow didn't move. It didn't bend. It was propped up. I moved fingers. You, you try. You, you can move your fingers without actually moving your elbow. You know that? Sure, you did. Probably never really thought about it, but you. I mean, to the point that literally, that movement right there was excruciating pain. Now, wait a minute. It didn't do anything to my fingers. My fingers weren't an issue. My fingers weren't a problem. I don't have any issues with my hand. My issue is the elbow. But the problem is the hand and the fingers are mutually dependent on the elbow. The finger could have said, hey, I, just, I got my own relationship. I'm going to do my own thing. And from elbow down to finger, everything else in between is saying, you better be still, stupid. You may not have been the one that got the injection, but you're causing the rest of us problems. Because in the body, there is a mutual dependency. We are mutually dependent on one another. Now, I'm not here tonight to preach to you all that stuff that's so true. You're not in this by yourself. We got all that. that but that, that's all true, and there's, there's another time and another place for that. But I'm here tonight, and, and, and I don't know the best way to summarize it, but I'm here tonight with the burden that we would somehow get a fresh revelation that I am a member of the body and we are mutually dependent on each other, that this is not just 
me doing my own thing, whatever I want to do or don't want to do, but there are others that I am connected to that are mutually dependent on me. Again, I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and presume to think you, you may have studied this more and deeper than I have, and you may have your take on it. And, 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 you know, I think we need to be really careful on things that boil down to basically our opinion. There's a lot of things that at the end of the day, it's your opinion. You may have gotten that opinion based on your study of the Word of God, but it's, it's your opinion. Let me tell you something. How you are supposed to be baptized is not a matter of opinion. That's really clear cut, clearly defined. But there's some other things that at the end of the day, It, it, again, you may have come to your conclusions by biblical study and basis, but it's your application of the principles. For me to presume to tell every pastor in the world that they should pastor exactly the way I pastor is egotistical. To the absolute best of my ability, and there's plenty of areas I know that God is working on me and I need to improve, but I will tell you to the best of my ability, I am striving to be the pastor to this congregation that God wants me to be. I'm not trying to be the pastor that the guy down the street is or the person you see on TV. That's not who I'm trying to be. That's why we try we, we try with the young people and young adults that, you know what, if, if you're married, you have a story. But your story is not the only way to get to marriage. And sometimes we have a tendency to make our own experiences in a lot of different ways. We have a tendency to make them the standard by which everybody is supposed to follow. Anyway, I don't think that I, I don't I, I don't think that we're supposed to be sitting around going, you know, again, am I am I a finger? Am I a toe? Am I I'm supposed to know I, I am a part of the body. But in, in, in whatever literal application of what Paul is saying there is, that means that you are directly connected to others in the body. And that you're not only directly connected, but if you're a finger, there's a hand, there's a wrist, there's a forearm, there's an elbow. That others are dependent on you to be who God designed you to be. They need you. It doesn't, it didn't matter in the course of the last couple of weeks. It didn't matter the fact that even at even at after a couple of days when 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 I could then still move my fingers and my hand. 
without that same pain, my elbow still hurt. It didn't matter how freely my hand would move if my elbow didn't move. I, if you've ever, most of you have noticed at some point, I would imagine I use chapstick. I carry around every, every now and then my kid's still at dad. Do you have your chapstick? I'm like, you know the answer. Why are you asking, do I have? All you need to do is say, dad, can I use your chapstick? Because unless I'm pretty much in my bed asleep, I got chapstick. The story behind the chapstick is, as a teenager, some of you may recall, but as a teenager, I had pretty severe acne, and uh, my, my parents took me to a dermatologist, and they put, me on, uh, they put me on some medication to take care of the acne, and one of the side effects was, was dry skin, dry lips, and I started using uh, strawberry chapstick at about 15 or 16, and I use it ever since. I got about three brand new ones sitting at home, ready to go. And that's all I want is strawberry chapstick. I don't want cherry. I don't want Blistex. I want strawberry chapstick. The only possible substitute to strawberry chapstick is mint chapstick. I don't want anything else. I don't want your beeswax or whatever that is and your... And so I, I, that's, that's, my, that's the source of my addiction. Well, you could get, I don't know, maybe I could, but I, I just. God only knows how many times a day I pull out my chapstick and put it on my lips. And you know what? Most of the time the process is basically like this. I reach in my pocket, I pull it out, I pop the top off, I use my left hand. I actually didn't realize how many things I actually do with my left hand until the last couple of months. you know what? For several days, the process was barely getting it out of the pocket, reaching down, holding the top with the left hand, pulling it off and putting it on with the right hand. Because the elbow, that the hand was mutually dependent on, was not doing its part. I, I've come, I've prayed all day long as I've prepared for this evening. I I I I I prayed. I I I haven't come tonight. I, I I've come tonight with a desire not to preach a message that's heavy-handed and 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 sort of weighing you down. That's not the point. But I do I do pray tonight that there would be a fresh revelation and and soberness that would come to us about the significance that this is not just about you. This is not just about the fact that Jonathan, if you decide you just aren't showing up to church today and that seat's empty and somebody else can fill it. It doesn't work that way. I don't know exactly. You may be an elbow. You may be a knee. You may be a finger. If you are not here, there are those that are mutually dependent upon you that it matters. Matters. We are many members of one body and we are mutually who knows? What if? What if? What if Declan? What if Declan's connection is not these guys that he sees, sits with all the time and these guys that he does many? What if? Who knows? Maybe Declan's connection, his brother, brother, brother Horton back there. 
you and I may not never know the exact place in the body we are in the context of what Paul is talking about and therefore who is, who is connected to us directly. But here's what we do know. When I was born again of the water and the Spirit, I became a part of the body of Christ. And that means I am a member of the body. And therefore, as a member of the body, I have a purpose and a place in the body. And there are others who are members of the body that are connected to me. I'm not, I, I, I mean this, all I can do is hope you'll hear me and believe me, I, I'm not here to, I, I don't want to preach this message tonight in a negative, heavy-handed way, and I realize sometimes in, in, in the things that are said and the, and the examples and whatever, it can come across that way, but I'm telling you, when, when I sit and I'm not trying to, this message is not all about a church service, I know that's kind of the examples I keep going to, but that's not what this is all about. The body is not about the body on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Thursday. We are the body 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But I'm going to tell you, when you come and sit as an apostolic born-again believer, I'm not talking about guests, but when you come as a Holy Ghost-filled believer and sit through an entire service and never really connect, you are telling everybody, I don't understand or believe or whatever other specific explanation it may be. You are telling us you do not believe that you are a mutually dependent member. This morning, I, I don't, I, I have, I have, I've struggled through the years with it. My younger years, it was way worse. The older and 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 more mature and wiser I've gotten, uh, I I I've, I've grown more with it. But for years I I struggle. I mean, I I don't know I don't know how many of you think it's cool to sit up here, but I'm just going to tell you it's not. One of the reasons it's really not cool to sit up here is because there's a there's places you can look during worship or during preaching that are not encouraging at all. There are people that you learn to remember where they sit and lock in on them. Because when you need some encouragement, you know, I just need to look at them. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm 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 being honest with you. And this morning, it's not, I did it tonight, but this morning, it's not an uncommon thing. I don't do it every service. It's not an uncommon thing for me to get off this platform and go down here and worship. I did that this morning. You know why I did that this morning? Because there was somebody that was distracting me so bad. A member of the body that was distracting me so bad by their behavior in the service that rather than stand up here and try to keep not looking at them, the simple thing to do was this. When you, when you do that, 
when you sit through, again, I'm talking, and, and most of the people in this, the great majority, of, not just about everybody in this room tonight, to my knowledge, is filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you're not and you're a guest, this message is not for you. I'm not preaching to you. When as an apostolic, I mean, let's just think about this. What would your day be like if you get up tomorrow and, and all of you that most of your body is functioning properly. But if you got up tomorrow morning and when you went to get out of bed, your right knee said, I ain't doing nothing today. You, you can still get around. You ever tried? I tried a couple, a couple months ago when my knee was bothering me. You ever tried to cry, climb steps when the knee won't do its job? It's possible. You can do it. You can go up and down. I wonder how many times. I wonder how many times if we could see this body in a service, if it looked like that. Because we got a knee that decided, you know what, I'm here, but I ain't doing my job today. We are, we are mutually dependent on each other. I need you to do what you're supposed to do and be who you're supposed to be. Like it or not, you need me to be who I'm supposed to be and do what I'm supposed to do. Paul says, I'll read it for the sake of time just from the Passion Translation, but 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit we are all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Think of it this way, if the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as He desires. A diversity is required, for if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many differing parts and functions, but one body. And going back to a little bit of what Paul was saying in Romans, the verses we read at the beginning is, God decides what member of the body you are. And he said, you you, you don't need to compare yourself And be envious because somebody's a more important part of the body than you. And the flip side is you don't need to look at others with pride that you are a more important part of the body than they are. Every member of the body is an important member of the body. Of course, we understand that with our human bodies, there are some things that we can't live, literally can't live without. 
The bottom line is, no matter what part of our body we may be able to live without, none of us are volunteering to give it up. Let's just use our hair. You can live without hair. Some of you are demonstrating that very well to us. I couldn't pass it up, sorry. You can live without it. But I don't know of anybody that's ever just voluntarily said, you know, I don't want hair. You, 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 I mean, we all know this. This is not the hearing part of the year. This is just make you to look, that's just so you look normal. You cut this off, you cut this off, you can still hear. But nobody... Is going to the doctor and say, hey, doc, I don't need these things. Get rid of them. They mess me up when I sleep. Sometimes I don't know what I get in a position in my, sometimes laying down, I feel like I got a bass drum beating in my, boom, boom, kind of readjust. There are parts that may not be, necessary in the sense of you can live if you don't have them. We are not volunteering to give them up. And so God decides which member of the body that you are. But every member of the body is important. It would be wrong, verse 21, it would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you, and equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essentially they are. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with greater respect. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat with propriety and clothe them. But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern and so that there would be no division in the body. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. One small speck of my entire body was injected with that needle two weeks ago. But for two weeks, Brother Middleton, the entire body has been at attention. That's what's supposed to be. That's why... You know, small group, you being a part of an oikos is not just, well, I just need to be in a small group because we have small groups at Antioch and everybody's supposed to be in an oikos. And so just put me in an oikos. No! No! 
That's just another manifestation. That's just another opportunity to be connected with those that you are in the body with. Fellowship is not an extracurricular activity. Us getting together and spending time together in various ways is not just an extracurricular thing we do. It is an absolute necessity because as members of the body, we need to be connected because we are connected. Mutually, mutually dependent on each other. Now, mutually dependent on each other. What I do. I mean this as an individual believer. I don't mean this as your pastor. I'm talking about as just simply as an individual born-again believer. What I do matters to you. What you do matters to me. You may be a part of the connection that brings the blood supply to me. I may be a part of the connection that brings the blood supply to you. This is not some take it or leave it thing. And Jesus and I got a good thing going. Jesus and you having a good thing going is dependent upon the body and you having a good thing going. It is dependent upon us being mutually dependent on each other as members. I've said this in a couple different ways lately. I don't know it. I, I don't know if it's about get. I don't know if it's has anything to do with getting older. I don't know. I, I I've played sports. I've watched sports. I love sports. I, I I love to play if I can, and 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 I, I enjoy watching s- certain sports in certain times, whatever. But but I I have I have you know, and and I I hate to lose, and I'm all about winning. I I, but I, I find myself becoming more and more sympathetic to the losers you poor guys man and 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 part of part of the other thing brother spriggs i find myself is more and more so uh um stirred is not the right word but 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 what'd you say not yeah distraught i don't know focused i don't on this 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 idea of of a team and how dependent and 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 right now we we college football is the regular season is now done they just had some conference championship games this weekend and the bowl games are about to start and then the playoffs are coming in a couple of weeks and 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 some of you that's like speaking greek you don't even know what any of that means but that's okay so football is kind of the, you know, basketball starting up, both college and pro, but it's early in the season. But, but here, here's the thing that's just so amazing. I watch, I watch as, as, uh, as, as, as a running back gets the, the quarterback, hands the running back the ball, and he takes that ball and he breaks through the line. And, man, he is, I mean, he's booking down the field, and he gets a 25, 30-yard gain. 
finally gets tackled or knocked out of bounds, and Brother Owens, he jumps up, and he's doing, he's, you ever, I, they got that new deal this year. I think it's this year. I don't I haven't, it hasn't been around forever. But now everybody does. You do something big play, and you spin the ball. And that, guy's, uh, that guy jumps up and he spins the ball. The problem is he doesn't realize that back there near the quarterback in the backfield, there's this little yellow thing on the ground. And while you just had this amazing 30, 40-yard run that everybody's cheering about, back there, one 675-pound guy who can't run the 100-yard dash in an hour. DJ, you're you're not in the hot seat tonight. Come here. One guy who was holding the player. Guy turns that little microphone on. Holding. Number 78, offense, 10-yard penalty, repeat, second down. That guy, just he may have just ended the play getting his clock clean. That safety may have come from out of nowhere and blindsided him and knocked him to the ground. And he just paid a price and it's all worth nothing. Because his teammate and so they, they used to not do this in college and now they do it in college too in football in, in, in pros they've done they for as long as I know they've done it that guy you know one of the one of them to me one of the most common I know some of you don't even know any of this means that's okay go home google it or don't even worry about it it's all right forget it but one of the most common penalties to me in football is a false start and that's when somebody on the offensive side moves before you're supposed to. Eleven guys are lined up, ready to go, and one guy twitches. And the referee throws the flag, turns on the little microphone. False start, number 38, offense, five-yard penalty, repeat. Hold on a minute. Ten other people. Ten other people were in position doing their job, performing the way they were supposed to. And one guy twitched, and it messes everything up. One guy. I I didn't quite make the point clearly. I don't think. In pro, they they always call the number. Used to in college, they were a little nicer to the college guys. They would just simply say, false start, offense. So you're just left to go. Which one of my team player, team members I root for did it? Now you, know, you just know. You know, the Ann Arbor and the, the, the Michigan State, they have 100,000 plus people in the stands. 100,000 plus. The biggest crowd I think I've ever been in is at Camden Yards around 45,000. That's two and a half times more. You got 100,000 people mad at one single guy. 
receiver will go out for a pass. That quarterback throw this beautiful pass. That receiver's running. Ball drops in his hands. He makes his way to the end zone, and now the whole you can't. Now you got a whole dance routine in the NFL now. And and those guys are now the team's all running. And next thing you know, the announcer says, "Hold on a minute. This one may be coming back." There's a flag on the play. Next thing you know, whatever, whatever on offense, 15 yards, repeat. There's a one guy. I, I, I beg of you, hear me. My point of preaching this is not for you to feel this weight of pressure. Oh, my God, I can't make a mistake because pastor said everybody's mutually dependent on me. What am I going to do? That's not my point. Here's the burden and the point I'm trying to make is for you to get a revelation of the significance and the importance that you as an individual have in the body. It's not based on your title. It's not based on your ministry position. It's not based on the role that you have. It's based on the fact that you are a born-again believer, that you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That makes you a member of the body, and therefore that makes you mutually dependent on others and others mutually dependent on you. In that way, whatever happens to one member, Happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices again. Sorry for the overused sports analogies tonight, but I'll keep doing it anyway. I love it when one of my. I love that watching and when that quarterback drops back in the pocket and he lets that pass fly 20, 30 yards down the field. And it is, brother, you it's perfectly on the dot, and 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 that that. But but the the receiver also maybe because of the defender or something, he he kind of has to make an exceptionally good catch. The, the, the sad thing is, more often than not, what the commentators do is they focus on one or the other. Man, what a catch. Did you see that catch? That guy just made this whatever, falling down, one-handed catch. But if the quarterback had not made the pass to where it was, even though the receiver had to make a spectacular catch, you tracking? All right, you tracking. Make sure you tracking. Even though the receiver had to make an exceptional catch, One wouldn't happen without the other. And then the bottom line is that quarterback would not have thrown that beautiful pass if those 600-pound guys that can't run hadn't kept the people from walking to get to the quarterback that can't run either. A couple weeks ago, I don't know, those those two days, man, the, the cool thing about being down for the two days I was down Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving is my wife knew I was too sick to do anything. And so, I mean, I got to lay there. I can't do anything else. So if I'm going to lay there, I mean, they got college football games on all day Friday and all day Saturday. I know some of y'all lay there all day and pray and read your Bible, and I, but I'm sorry. Yet. 
man, there were some good games, and one of them was, was Alabama. I, I hate Alabama. I hate Alabama about the same as I hate the Yankees. I, I don't, sorry if you're from Alabama, but I get sick of the same team winning over and over and over and over and over and over. I'm just mad because my teams never win. That's all, just bitter. It was the very ending of the game, and the whole ending, the last minute and a half, came down basically to guys making mistakes and things that should have never happened. It all started with Auburn would have upset Alabama, which would have been a big win for the year. And the guy kicked the punt, and the receiver, in the process of trying to just catch the punt, slips and falls, and the ball goes away, and Alabama recovers the ball, and they now have the ball. But they're now trying to get to the end zone, and the, the center for Alabama goes to hike the ball. That means throw it for some of you, sort of throw it. Hike, throw it between your legs, right? You know. And the quarterback's looking over here, and the guy hikes the ball, and the ball goes way back there. Oh, man, this is done. This is over with. And that guy, when that happened, they showed the camera shot of the guy that dropped the ball who's over there sweating bullets because everybody's going to kind of blame him, even though no one play loses a game. But he started seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel until the very last play of the game. The guy throws a touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. They catch the ball, win the game. Every individual has to do their part. Because for the team to succeed, every member contributes. Those guys that make up the offensive line on football teams, professional football teams, some of them only make a couple hundred thousand dollars. That guy in the back called the quarterback is making millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Multiple millions of dollars. But the bottom line is this. If that guy that's only making a couple hundred thousand dollars in front of you doesn't do his job, you may still be getting the millions, but you're going to be suffering with those millions because you're going to get hurt and knocked over and sacked and... We are mutually dependent on each other. You know what, young ladies, young men? There's not, when you turn 18, you now are a mutually dependent member of the body. When you turn 21, you now become a mu- No, no, no. I don't want to embarrass you, but thank you for doing what you did tonight. Wow. Taking that step out. We, there's somebody that was mutually dependent. And again, it's not about the position, not about the role. I, I am convinced when we get to heaven, we are going to find out that in God's view of things, some of the most significant, important members of a local congregation of believers is going to absolutely shock us. 
I, I feel awkward saying this, but, but the bottom line is m- most, you know, if you will, well, let, who, who's the most important person around here? Well, well, it's the pastor. Sure, there's a level of importance that the pastor, the pastor, the pastoral role has. But there are so many, so many other members and roles in the body that make us mutually dependent on each other. We may never hold a microphone in a church service or a pause or a youth camp or a back-to-school revival or some other. You may never hold a microphone, but you are mutually dependent and somebody is mutually dependent on you. I know I didn't come here tonight with some brand new deep revelation you've never heard before. I know that. I'm just, I, I've, I have for, for days now, you, you know me, most of you know me well enough, I get inspiration for what I preach in all kinds of ways. But for several weeks now, it's just been churning in my spirit. Brother Barr, somehow we, we, we got to have a revelation Yeah, you need to work on your own walk with God. You need to develop your own relationship with God. There's a time and a place. There's a purpose. There's a significance to that. But don't minimize. Don't neglect. Don't forget the fact that you are also at the same time a member of the body. And that we are mutually dependent on each other. Members one of another. The King James says, not members on our own, not members by ourselves. We are members one of another. We are mutually dependent. Mutually dependent on each other. Man, there's a that doesn't happen every single time I preach, but I will tell you there's a there's a number of times I preach that 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 I there's just something just in the and I, I'm not saying this looking for accolades or affirmation. I'm just I'm just being honest with you. I'm being transparent with you. There there are, there are times it just like it feels like I don't have what it takes to properly get the message across. Then I'm not I'm not communicating it effectively enough. And this is one of those nights. And I, and I don't mean that by a response or a lack of response. I, that's response or no response. That's not why I'm saying that. I'm just saying that because there is a, there is a burden deep in my spirit that somehow every person that is a born-again believer, a part of this congregation, I, 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 I pray, I, I hope every believer everywhere, but this is where my, my responsibility is. Somehow every one of you would get a fresh revelation of the significance and the importance of the fact that we are mutually. And I'm going to tell you to all of you married folks, that mutual dependency is not your spouse alone. Well, my wife and I got each other. We don't No, no, no. No, I'm sorry. The only way in this world that can be the case is if you and your spouse are an individual separate body of Christ. 
But the bottom line is there's not a bunch of different. Y'all notice Bishop kept saying the bottom line and pause and making. Now, and I say it all the time. Obviously, I get it from him, except the last couple of days, even in personal conversations, every time I say the bottom line, all I can think of is my dad at pause. So there's actually many bottom lines. There's only one body. And I believe that there is application universally to the body of Christ. And then I believe that on a local congregation level, there is, a, there is an application of that. I, again, I'm, please hear me right now. I know I'm preaching and I'm pastor right and all that. I'm, I'm not saying this statement based on my role. I'm saying it based on an individual member of the body of Christ. I need you. You need me. Because we are mutual. We don't have youth ministry and young adult ministry and oikos and, and all of these other things because it's just a good idea to have those. That's not we that's not why we have those. We have those because they are they are different outlets for the functioning of the body. Because the body has got to function and be who it is that God has called it to be. I want you to stand. Some of you have been around here long enough. You're, you're, you, maybe you're sitting there thinking, okay, here we go. You're my brother, you're my sister, so take me by the hand. Bind us together, Lord. I, I haven't, I, mean, I guess the bottom line is this, again, a lot of times when the message about the body in the context of what Paul said is preached on, it's about unity. We're all one, and we are. That's, that's not the message tonight. It's, it's your individual importance, significance as a member, and that we... We are dependent on each other. Again, I, I don't know how absolutely, literally that, that analogy translates over, but, but, but let's, just, let's just suppose that there's enough of it in the sense that who, who knows? I, I kind of am of the opinion. I, I kind of did what I did with Declan and Brother Horton intentionally because I'm kind of of the opinion. You may not be directly connected in the body to who you think you are. Your best friends may not be your first connection to the body. At the end of the day, I may never and you may never know who's who, I, I, I'm maybe maybe I'm the maybe I'm a part of the pinky. So so who's the knuckle? I need to make sure the knuckle's okay. I, I, the point is not exactly which member. The point is I am mutually dependent on somebody, and somebody is mutually dependent upon me. So I want to be who God has called me to be. I want to. I want to do what God has called me to do. And you, you, you do you, boo-boo. It, 
it, it, it frustrates me. I can't tell you how much it frustrates me. How long, how long it has taken me to reach the level of comfort that I have finally reached in who I am and who God has made me to be. I wish I could tell you tonight, Brother Middleton, I wish I could say tonight, I have arrived where I'm in God, and whoever you are, good for you, so be it. I, 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 I still find myself. I walk away from a, a week-like pause, and I have to spend a little bit of focused time in prayer. God, I'm not Bishop, I'm not Brother Shelton, I'm not my brother, I'm not Brother Simpson, not any of those other men, I'm, I'm me. I'm who you made me. The problem is, as long as the enemy has you unsettled with who you are, as long as he can get you to be jealous of who somebody else is, you will never be fully functioning as who you are. Just, all you have to be is who God made you. God put you in the body. We are mutually dependent. Father, I, I pray tonight that all over this sanctuary and and Lord, also for our brothers and sisters that are a part of this congregation that are unable to be here tonight, some for sickness, some maybe traveling, whatever the reasons are. God, I pray tonight that by your grace that you would let there be a spirit of revelation that would rest upon every member of this congregation. Lord, I'm not talking about church members in the sense of church membership. I'm talking about membership in the body, supernatural body of Christ. God, a revelation, fresh new revelation that we are, we are mutually dependent on each other. I'm not going to get to heaven separate from everybody else. I, I'm not going to get there on my own, but I'm going to get there as a part of the body and so I need the body and the body need me, needs me. I, I need members of the body that I'm connected to and there's members of the body that are connected to me that need me. But I, I pray tonight that every voice of the enemy that is worn against the people of this congregation that's tried to lie to them, that's tried to beat them down, that they're insignificant, unimportant, that God, there would be fresh new revelation. Lord, according to your word, according to what Paul said, if we've been born again, then we are all members of the body and there are no, there are no extra, there are no, uh, there, there are no unessential members. Help us tonight, God. God, I pray that as you continue shaping us and molding us as a congregation, taking us to where you would have us to be. That each one of us would have that revelation. Lord, I, I realize that Paul said we aren't supposed to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. But Lord, I, 
I believe that the majority of people in this room tonight, their struggle is not thinking of themselves more highly. But God, I believe that the struggle for more people in this room tonight is is not thinking highly enough. Not seeing themselves as significant and not seeing themselves as being an, an important member that you have placed in the body. So I pray. I pray, God, for a spirit of revelation. That there be a spirit of revelation and understanding that would come upon us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I, I may not ever really know what, whether I'm a hand or a foot or whatever the role is, but let it just be good enough that we know we're confident that we are members of the body, mutually dependent members in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. I I, I feel like y'all are waiting for me to hug three necks, tell three people you. Pray. I pray. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your role, your position is. If you got the Holy Ghost, you're a part of the body and somebody needs you. Somebody's counting on you. And you, you need somebody. I'm going to say it again as I close. I, I, I hope you've, you're hearing and receiving the, 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 the main intent. Because again, I haven't come tonight to preach a message to you. And, and you leave here with this weight. Oh my God. I, I, that's not my point. Again, my, 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 I think my primary desire and burden tonight. Is that you leave here with the revelation of the significance who you are and what you are. When you, and and I'm going to use a term and when I use it, I understand the first and foremost context you're going to probably put to it is is, is church. I, I don't mean it. I mean it figuratively. When you don't show up, this isn't an organization. This isn't an organization. You didn't show up for the club meeting. Oh, well. No. This is an organism. Whether it's coming together in an oikos or coming together around just the dinner table to spend some time together as a part of the body or or if it is coming together for this or ministry settings or whatever it is, when, 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 when you don't show up, That mutual dependency suffers. Suffers. Venture to say there's some people probably, if if some of you be honest, it might shock us who some of you are. 
I bet you there's some people here tonight. You struggle from time to time. You're even maybe even struggling this very moment. You know what? If I just quit coming to church and stop being a part, they, they would they wouldn't miss me. I'm sorry, that's not the case. Because it's 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 not about the physical aspect of it. It's not about the physical, hey, you weren't there, I admit no. It's the spiritual component. The body of Christ is a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. So yeah, if you decide, you know what, I'm not, I'm just not showing up anymore. I'm done, then then then, then that means there has to be an amputation. Don't just, you know, this isn't calling the athletic club and say, hey, cancel my membership. Sorry, you're losing my dues every month, but whatever. Somebody else will come. This isn't that. You are a connected member of the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, praise God. Remind you, if you're willing to, to consider uh, possibly helping us out with the Spanish translation. If you'll please uh, kind of make your way down to the chapel so that uh, that that meeting can happen as promptly as possible and, and you're able to get out of here as soon as you need to. You'll make your way down there. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you Thursday night in Jesus' name.